I'm Todd Dills. On this edition of the Overdrive Radio Podcast, uh, you're going to hear a little bit of a conversation I had with Mr. Scott Reed, owner-operator of a 2005 Peterbilt 379 and uh, on a van trailer uh, leased to Ohio Transport out of Middletown, Ohio. Scott uh, lives up in Buckland, uh, about an hour and a half north of Middletown, uh, where I uh, met with, up with him on, uh, on Easter Sunday, uh, late in the day. And uh, the next morning, uh, we set out from Buckland, uh, going on duty about 5.30 a.m. for uh, Middletown, where he made his first uh, pick of the day uh, at a shipper there, <clears throat> bound uh, all the way across the state uh, to the east, Tridelphia, West Virginia. What Scott has tended to do in recent times is try to stick within a 200-mile radius of his home, uh, working with uh, Agent Greg Simpson on, uh, on negotiating uh, loads, uh, some of them with some of them with brokers, but uh, a lot of them direct uh, direct shipper accounts uh, that Ohio Transport has. And then uh, also staying above two dollars a mile gross to the truck, of which which Reed tends to uh, keep seventy five percent of the load. Basically, Reed is a you know sort of becoming a, a more prominent voice in uh, speaking uh, up against the ELD mandate and. And also arguing uh, specifically for greater flexibility in the hours of service rules, which I know so many owner-operators have uh, have wished and hoped for and, and advocated for over the years. To start, you'll hear him uh, narrating the beginning of our trip, again, which started uh, from his home um, in Buckland, Ohio. And we were, I believe, deadheaded uh, directly toward uh, Middletown for the first pick. And we went to Middletown, Ohio and loaded. Middletown, Ohio, and went to Tridelphia, West Virginia, which is at the Ohio-West Virginia line on 70, uh, about six miles in. And uh, we were getting, we were, we were, there was a certain point we were going to head right back to more or less Middletown, Dayton area. Yeah, that was the original plan, but then for whatever reason, that load canceled. So we went to East Palestine, Ohio, about 77 miles north of uh, Tridelphia, and reloaded. And we fell 15 minutes shy of being able to make it to Finley, which is the destination we're headed to now. We had three hours, theori- three hours and 15 minutes of theoretical drive time left, but we right. only ended up with two and a half on the or two. Something like that. We had three hours of drive time left, and we needed three hours and 15 minutes right. to get there. Right. Um, Which would have staged us to unload this morning. At 7 a.m. Yeah. Instead, uh, I needed a diaper to find a safe haven that took me at like 22 miles to my route, but. Yeah, at least I made it to a truck stop and I got fuel and fueled up so that I could not run into a position I have to get fuel today and shut down in time so that we could uh, be up uh, ready to go with a full set of hours to get to Finley. Yep. In time. What hope? <laughs> 7 a.m. right now. <laughs> yep. We'll be late. <laughs> yep. 
switch. I mean, it's not like I have an appointment time, but... Oh, there's no appointment over this again. The idea is to get unloaded early and get reloaded early so that I can still and hope to have it some drive time and not get screwed on I-14 trying to get to my next place that might have an appointment. Because if you run out of drive time at 9 o'clock at night but you got to their destination and your appointments are 3 a.m., I'm sure guys will say, well, you can just stay off duty and unload, but look at the reality of it. You're not getting any rest during that time if you're getting up to do your appointment. So, you're actually interrupting the flow of your rest, and now you're going to go out on the road not rested because you was up from 3 to 6, and your logbook starts back up at 7. I'd be interested to see how that plays out. You had you had some different things that you would have been able to do had you had you had the time to get uh, up to Finley uh, last night. Well, I'm having a clutch break issue, and you know, as an owner of my truck, if my truck doesn't turn, I don't make money. And I had the resources at home to get it fixed a lot cheaper than in the shop and I could have went to Finley and you know in this case I could have went to my uncle's house and, and and I know this scenario especially amongst the steel haulers in Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Kentucky plays out a lot. But I could have went to my uncle's house and uh, got my uh, got my uh, truck fixed and you know I could have still been back uh, I, I could have still had it fixed and then been back underneath my trailer and ready to go for 7 o'clock in the morning and still ended up with a solid 8 hours of rest but because I was going to fall 15 minutes short of making it the almighty logbook says that I can't drive past it. Uh, screwed up my plan, and here it is. I wanted to be there at 7 o'clock this morning. Now my chances of getting a decent reload are diminished because now it's 7 a.m. and I'm two hours away from my destination still. I'll take it back. One hour. So... But still, puts me there at 8 o'clock, I get out of the door, I get in the door and out of the door at 9, 9.30, hopefully not 10 o'clock, and then I gotta go reload somewhere. Uh, my 14 started at uh, 4 o'clock this morning. So, here it is, uh, three hours into the trip. Everybody says you're supposed to plan your trip. Well, if I'm going cross-country, okay, but it's kind of hard to plan my trip when I don't know what my next move is or I don't know how long it's going to take me to get loaded or unloaded. 
or I get in a position where I don't really have fuel stops available for a 100-mile stretch. I would have loved to have started my way across, but, you know, I wouldn't have been able to find a truck stop or something. I could have probably found some place to pull over, but then you run into the risk of somebody saying, hey, you can't be here, cops running you off, owners running you off. You know, could I have made it to Upper Sandusky? I don't know. It was time-wise, it would have been really pushing it. The stress level goes up. How do you, how do you, it's kind of like trying to take it six different jobs that take 10 minutes a piece and cramming them all into an hour. Yeah, time-wise, it, it makes sense because, you know, 10 minutes job, six jobs on paper, or in theory, that sounds perfect and logical and it's going to work, but the reality is, even if you do every single job in 10 minutes, you still got that transition time between jobs. That adds stress to it. I'm trying to figure out how, how are we going to do this. It's kind of like a puzzle. And, you know, I'm an owner-operator. I've, I've been doing this for, you know, over 10 years now. Uh, well, I guess uh, 12 years on CDL, as far as over the road. That include agriculture, farming. But I think after 12 years, I got a pretty good concept on how to plan my trips. And... Yeah, sometimes planning your trip is by the seat of your pants because you might not know what's available to you or whatnot. Uh, granted, you've got trucker path and, you know, truck stop, uh, you know, whatever that truck stop app is, tell you where truck stops are, um, fuel master, things like that. But, you know, you got to be careful just just because there's a truck stop somewhere, a place to get truck fuel, you got to be careful what it is because not everybody's open 24-7, you know, and it sucks if you plan your trip to get over here and find out they close at 10 o'clock and you're there at 10:15, and you're running out of fuel. I think a lot of the guys that are complaining that love the E-Law, I think a lot of those guys are route drivers, dedicated drivers, dropping hook. Uh, if all I did was drop and hook, I'm sure I'd probably have life a little easier. Uh, but you know, I'm the guy that I'm the guy that does on time freight. I'm the guy that picks up the product over here and I take it over here because they need it. They don't have time to go through a relay system to get it over to, to their place. You know, they need that product uh, next day next morning. Uh, a lot of what I do is next day freight or same day freight. You seen yesterday. Yeah. I did same day and then picked up for very next morning. So I'm sure if the place was open late enough tonight they, or last night they would have took a last one. Not everything can be relayed and not everything can be uh, given three or four days to get to its destination. You, know, you think about all the little uh, micro factories that make parts for bigger factories. You know, usually them smaller factories 
they need their stuff pretty quick. They, they, they run through it that fast to meet the demands of GM or Ford or uh, Procter & Gamble or, you know, like milk. Milk is a prime example. You got a certain time from the time you get the milk on to when you got to get it to where it's got to be pasteurized, homogenized, bottled up, and whatnot. You know, and then you got to get it distributed to distribution centers. Uh, and then they got to send it out to the stores. Uh, unless you got like a local milk deal that's got their own trucks and they can deliver to the stores. That's not always the case, you know, you don't, and I'm tired, <laughs> you know, and I've been able to run it the way that I wanted to run it. After I got reloaded yesterday, I would have laid down and I just took a nap because I was feeling kind of tired, you know, it was a Monday, but I would have laid down and took a nap, then I would have went on up to the truck stop, probably. And, uh, or I would have went on towards Finley, I don't know, but, uh, you know, at the very least, I would have took a nap because I was tired. It's not good to be tired and driving down the road. And, you know, I would have took a nap, I'd have went to Finley, I would have took care of what I got taken care of, and, you know, I could have took another nap and I'd have been just fine. But, you know, instead of being in the situation that I was dealt, I went, took a shower, took care of my business at the truck stop, and I sat in the truck, and at that particular point, I didn't want to go to sleep. So, had I been able to lay down when I was tired and could sleep, I think I would have benefited from that personally one of the reasons I uh, one of the reasons we decided to do this is uh, sort of predicated on the nature of what you're doing today uh, what you're doing now uh, you used in the pretty recent past you, you tended to do a little bit at least a little bit longer runs um, but uh, you, you made, made a decision to try to aim for loads within a 200 mile radius and I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what drove that decision and the situation it's kind of based on a situation based on the situation at home right you want to be close to the house biggest reason uh, there's just as good money to be made within a 200 mile radius of my house as there is for me going over the road rates suck, so I gallivant all around the country, but the biggest reason is uh, my wife's pregnant, messed up my plans going to Sturgis, <laughs> but even though I love trucking and I'm more than happy to take off in my truck and get away from home, uh, I still love my family still a father and 
know, it's my wife's first pregnancy. We don't know how she's going to react to it. Don't know if she's going to go on bed rest. Don't know if she's going to have complications. Uh, so I need to be close to home to take care of my family. Which, I had flexibility. I could be home every single night. Just about. Um, and they want to talk about emissions. Guess what? When my truck's at the house, it's not running. Uh, so I'm not polluting anything. And it saves me money because I don't have to spend $20 on a meal at a truck stop. I mean, you saw the prices yesterday. I mean, it's kind of hard to get out of there without spending $20 a person. Kind of makes you appreciate the $17, or $20 steak you get at Texas Roadhouse, considering what we get. But yeah, I just, me being home, I don't have to run my truck, so it saves me money on my fuel. Now, I take care of my family. My daughter is uh, happy to see me. You know, and I think a bigger in their life anyway, so big thing that torques me off about the e-log is it's going to take time away from my family. Like I like I presented in evidence that I took to Washington and gave it to the congressman. You know, everybody that I've talked to on average is losing one load a week when they make the switch to e-log. Um, is one load a week really making you this outlaw truck driver? I mean, Everybody's got the persona that uh, truck drivers are like, well, I got old song, pill popping coffee drinking nuts. Um, you know, we're not in the 70s and 80s, or 80s anymore. I mean, we don't have, uh, surely we have drugs out there, but we don't have, you know, we don't have pills like they had back in, and, you know, West Coast turnarounds. Drug testing's gotten so strict it's almost hard to hard to even risk doing something like that. I mean, we're the safest group of drivers on the road. Truck drivers are involved are involved in less at fault accidents than any other group of drivers. So, if we're the safest drivers on the road. Why is it we always get nailed and we get lobbied against and we get portrayed as hired killers and drug addicts? And that's given a lot. I mean, look at how many damn billboards you see driving down the interstate. Were you in a truck accident? Call this number. Yeah. And they sure the hell ain't referring to the guy driving to the truck. No. They portrayed us as like we intend to go out here and murder people. Right. You know, I got a wife, a kid, a kid on the way. The furthest thing from my mind is thinking about trying to kill somebody with my truck. Let alone putting a dent in my truck. I don't want to do that. It's my truck. I pay for it. You know, why does a guy buy a hundred thousand dollar truck and 
know, 150,000, 80,000, 60,000, whatever the price. Why would a guy go out and spend tens of thousands of dollars on a truck just to want to kill somebody? Uh, common sense just doesn't prevail these days. Common sense should tell you, um, hey, he's not going to go buy that kind of money to, you know. Honestly, look at look at how many people get murdered. How many people get murdered with a Kimber compared to a a high point. And I believe there's a study on that. I think maybe it was the NRA. More people are killed with cheap guns than expensive guns. If you're going to throw your life away, why are you going to spend big money on something just to do it? It just doesn't make sense. Common sense does not prevail. You know, it used to be, you know, like last night, if I had pushed it to get to Finley, it was 15 minutes over. Even though I could probably log it in three hours, and I got stopped by a DOT officer, 10, 15 years ago, there was a chance the cop would have just been like, oh, no, crap happens, you know. It's not like you were driving hours past your time. You know, you're driving 15 minutes, but, you know, they wouldn't have said anything about it. But today, you get pulled over for that, and, oh, that's a violation, you're out of service. And like I've said more than one occasion in the last two days, a guy goes to prison, and I'm sure he can get used to being in prison. But if you don't have to go to prison, why go to prison? You know, if I can operate a truck safely out here, and I can log and drive safe and be in a safe environment and keep the people around me safe, then why should I have to move to something else? This started out as punishment, didn't it? E-log started out as punishment for bad companies, am I right? That was the previous tip in a rule, yes. So... Now we're saying because one company gets punished, everybody else has to be punished? 